is Christian Questions. Christian Nestel Bove once said, We fear things in proportion to our ignorance of them. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a Purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles, family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We, we talk and you listen, and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact us at our website, ChristianQuestions.net. I'm Rick. And I'm Jonathan. And we're glad that you've chosen to spend some time with us on this fine Sunday morning. And Jonathan, what is the subject this morning? It's a fine Sunday morning so far, but just wait. (laughs) Oh, yes. Rick, our question is, are demons influencing your life? Great. (laughs) Yeah. And our theme text is found in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And Jonathan, ours is a day of openness, availability, and communication, sort of. We can stay in touch with friends and family on a moment-by-moment basis, follow news uh, as it happens, etc., and even tap into the spirit world pretty much at will. Wait a minute, what? Tapping into the spirit world? Really? Is this something that is good or could it be horribly evil even though it might look good folks stay with us this morning as we look into a dimension beyond our own to find out what is really happening out there and jonathan this is one of those subjects that needs to be talked about periodically because it is a very relevant subject to our our day and it's very important even if it is a little spooky that's right it's real yeah and we have to be aware and understand it to avoid it. Right. It's like, it's like you need to know who your enemy is. Exactly. You need to know if, if there is a, you know, if there is a, uh, um, a virus or something going around, you need to know what to do to, to prepare yourself to not catch it. Yes. Well, that's kind of what we're talking about here. So, folks, this is a big subject in that it's very, very important. Maybe a little bit unsettling at times as we look at it, but it is a very important subject. So you're going to want to stay with us for this. Are demons influencing your life? That's the question. So I guess we need to start, Jonathan, by asking the question, well, where do demons come from? Right. Right. Good so, question to start with. Okay. What are they? Where do they come from? All angels and demons. Now, now I'm going to make a statement, and it's going to sound bad. Okay. All, right? All angels and demons originate from God. That does sound bad. <laughs> well, it does. Now, so if we just left that statement all out there all by itself, um, it doesn't tell the whole story. So it's interesting, or it's important for us to put the, the whole story in perspective. To get that started, though, I'd want to go to a quote that you're going to really love, a, a soundbite. From Anton LaVey, who has since died, but he is the uh, the author, if you will, of the Satanic Bible. Oh, great! He is the the originate, originator of the of Satan worship. And you know, I would really like this. Huh? Yes, I know this is this is a quote that you'll really really like. But this is we're, we're we're using this to make a point. So let's listen to this. In this arid wilderness of steel and stone. I raise up my voice that you may hear to the east and to the west I beckon 
To the north and to the south I show a sign proclaiming death to the weakling, wealth to the strong. So there you have it. Death to the weakling and wealth to the strong. This is what he hereby proclaims. And, uh, of course, the, the whole idea of, of Satan worship and all of that was, uh, is, uh, is, is, is alive and well, unfortunately, in our, in our world today. So that gives us a little bit of perspective of what we're dealing with. Let's look at the, uh, the origination, if you will, of the demonic influences in our world. And we're going to go to a scripture for that, Ezekiel chapter 28. Verses 13 to 17. Now, these verses prophetically are spoken of, uh, spoken to the king of Tyre. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it says, it, it, it's addressing the king of Tyre, saying, you know, you are this, 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 and this. But we understand that many verses in the scriptures are like that. They're spoken to one individual, but they have a much deeper, much broader meaning, and that individual is being used to exemplify something much greater. In this case, it's exemplifying Satan. Let's just put that in perspective. Or Lucifer. Lucifer, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Thou wast in the garden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. Thou wast the anointed cherub that covereth. And I set thee, so that thou wouldst upon the holy mountain of God, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. All right, so first of all, this is saying you were in Eden. I mean, it says Eden in the scripture. You were in the garden of God. So obviously that wasn't the king of Tyre. No. So you, you see there's a prophetic uh, uh, setting for this that is going back and it's saying you were honored and you were in a position of responsibility uh, in, this, in this environment at the beginning of the creation of mankind. So let, let's continue with a few more verses. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created, till unrighteousness was found in thee. Thou hast sinned, therefore have I cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. So it's saying that you were complete. The word for perfect often means complete. You mm-hmm. were complete in your ways uh, until there was unrighteousness found in you. So something happened, something was different, and then he's saying you were cast out of the mountain of God. Sounded like uh, he had a job responsibility and he failed. Exactly, exactly, and that's exactly what 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 did happen. Let's continue. I have destroyed thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thy heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I have cast thee to the ground. So it's interesting. It says I have destroyed thee, but he didn't really destroy him. But that's kind of prophetic, it's isn't that, it? it? This whole thing is very prophetic, not only looking back, but also looking forward. But it's saying that, oh, covering cherub, you, because of your beauty, to, to, to paraphrase it, you let it go to your head. Okay. <laughs> that's that's what, what, what God is saying about this and saying you've been cast out of this, this very significant place of honor and, uh, and respect. But he was put in a position, a permanent basis to protect... The garden. Right, because it says, O cherub that covereth. So it was saying that you were an angel, a messenger of me, of God, to cover, to protect the garden. That was your job, and you... you and that's a special job. It, it's a very special and a very specific job. Yes. And he not only did Satan abandon it, but he turned on it, as we will see as, as we develop this. So, Jonathan, we get this sense of, okay, here's the beginning of the beginning of demonic influence. And as far as we know, this is the first negative spiritual impact in all of God's creation. 
I, we don't we don't know anything more than what what's written here. Right. So you've got this is the original the original demon, if you will. This is where the original demon began under the context of having, like you were saying, this very important, uh, significant, uh, and responsible position to watch over the garden where Adam and Eve and all of mankind were to uh, have been developed. So you've got this this origination of demonic influence. Now, let's jump way, 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 way ahead. Let's jump down down in, in history about six thousand years. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna and we're gonna start telling a story with this next soundbite that's gonna run throughout the entire program and very, very fascinating in terms of modern history and the 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 concept of spiritualism in modern history. So this is about. Uh, some uh, a family, uh, the the Fox family, uh, back in 1848, and this is going to be sort of dropping in on a sworn statement by Margaret Fox that was written, and somebody just is, is reading back the statement, but she's saying what happened in her house. So so listen to this. I then asked, "Is this a human being that answers my question so correctly?" There was no rap. I asked, "Is it a spirit?" If it is, make two raps. Two sounds were given as soon as the request was made. I then said, if it was an injured spirit, make two raps. I asked, were you injured in this house? I ascertained by the same method that it was a man, aged 31 years, that he had been murdered in this house and his remains were buried in the cellar. That's a little spooky. That is. So in her house, she uh, was hearing these this tapping sound and uh, determined that it was a, the spirit of a man who had been buried in the house who had been murdered there. Uh, and she's talking to this spirit and getting answers back in in, in the in 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 the in, in a knocking sound. Okay, you know. Okay. You know, one rap, two raps, that kind of a thing. So that that's what's happening there. So. That is the, the essentially the founding of modern spiritualism as we know it today. And we're going to follow this. That was a sworn statement that, that uh, Margaret Fox had submitted back in 1848 uh, about some events uh, at the end of the month of March. So let's, let's put that on the shelf okay, okay. for a moment. Because we're going to continue that story throughout the program. Yes, we are. We're going to be coming back to that next segment. Satan and his power influenced other sons of God toward rebellion. So we, we, we saw in the Ezekiel scripture that Satan was, it looked like the absolute first rebel. Yes. But he did influence others. We know that by looking at Genesis 6, 1 through 5. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the ground, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all that they chose. Now, it's interesting because it, talks, it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and took them wives of all they chose. Notice it doesn't say angels. It doesn't, right. And you say, well, why wouldn't it say angels? Because isn't that what they are? Folks, angels are messengers. And we're actually in a few weeks going to do a program on angels, the, the other side of the story. Okay. And it's going to help us to define what the difference is. Sons of God are spiritual beings. Angels are spiritual beings sent on a specific mission. Mm-hmm. So what, by saying sons of God, it's, it's essentially saying they weren't sent on this, this mission. Right. Okay, so they were doing something of their own accord. Uh, they were dabbling in the, man, in the, in the lives of mankind, uh, not sent of God. So now let's continue the scripture. And Jehovah said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for that he also is flesh. Yet shall his days be a hundred and twenty years. The Nephilim were in the earth in those days, and also after that, 
When the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bared children to them, the same were the mighty men that were of old, the men of renown. All right, so here you have uh, the these sons of God not only acted uh, um, against the will of God, but they acted against the design of God. And, and see, there's, there's a big difference in those two things. There is. You can say, okay, I'm not going to do what you asked me to, but when you go contrary to what's designed to happen, that is another level of rebellion entirely. Absolutely. So they are looking to mix spirit and flesh, and that is not the way God designed it, period. Right. There isn't. There's no second guessing on that. There's no discussion on that. There's no. Well, maybe it's misinterpreted. No, 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 no. They were acting in a way that was completely contrary. Spirit nature belongs with spirit nature. Human nature belongs with human nature. Never the twain shall meet. That <laughs> was God's plan. And he he gave a pronouncement that only 120 years I'll allow this to go on. So, in other words, there, he, the, the, the clock started ticking. And if you notice, that's the way God seems to work things. When, when, when Adamson, remember we were talking about you know, death last week? Yes. Dying thou shalt die. He didn't die immediately, but the dying process started. Right. When Satan uh, sinned, it says, I have destroyed thee. But again, it's kind of the same thing. Dying thou shalt die. It's a process of Satan's coming destruction. And here, like you said, that 120 years was the process of the coming to an end of, of that. Which the flood was the end result. Exactly. And in, in, in verse 5, let's fi finish that up. And Jehovah saw that the wickedness of men was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thought of his heart was only evil continually. So this action brought, on, brought the permeation of evil throughout humankind, and evil founded not only in disobedience, but in defiance of the God-ordained order of creation bringing <clears throat> their dismissal, and that's, like you said, the, the legitimate reason for the flood. So this is where we see the beginning of sat satanic and demonic influence permeating through the world of mankind, and it only gets worse. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, are demons influencing your life? Coming up, most people are taught that the devil and his minions are under the earth tormenting souls, is that really where they are and what they're doing? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Are Demons Influencing Your Life? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, I would uh, venture to say that when we ask that question, are demons influencing your life? My answer is yes, they are. Whether you like it or not, they have an influence. Now, the whole key is understanding where it comes from, how it works, and knowing how or learning how to limit that influence to its so it's an influence into the context of your life, but not influencing your life personally. Good point. But we have to. This is this is a very very important and deep subject because we have to be on our guard because we are fighting against things that are, are beyond ourselves. So, we in the first segment, we were talking about Satan and what he did, uh, and, and how he was given a, a very specific responsibility, uh, and he decided to, to, to misuse that responsibility for his own 
That's end right. result. And he usurped authority. Yes. So, let's look at Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 14, because this is a scripture that is commonly quoted uh, in terms of the fall of Satan. And when we talk about the fall of Satan, you know, to me that's almost a misrepresentation. Satan didn't fall, he jumped. Good point. He really did. He jumped ship. He didn't fall all overboard. It wasn't, oh, you know, spirit overboard. It was jumping ship. He, he was looking to create mutiny. And this is how Isaiah describes it. How you have fallen from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth, you who have weakened the nations. So, again, it's interesting that, that it's talking about Satan. It's, it's labeled him one of the morning stars. And he said, you've been cut down where? To the earth. <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting place for him to end up. That's right. He's been cut down, and he has weakened the nations. That's right. His influence has touched this whole world. Right, and it's interesting how God did not yank his influence away from the world, did he? He let him. Right. So you say, well, why would God do that? Well, we'll get to that in a few minutes. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God, and I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. So there is the mutiny. I am, I am wanting to be the captain of the ship. I am going to be the captain of the ship. It's going to be my ship. And he's talking about his influence because the job he was given was to protect the garden. So his influence in that protection was now, instead of protecting, he was actually corrupting the garden yes. by, by uh, applying his own egotistical approach to this thing. And nothing but good comes from nothing but bad, I'm sorry. What arrogance. And, and, and this arrogance created a spiritual subculture of power and dominion over the lesser creation. Us, we are the lesser creation here, the physical earth. Satan's original responsibility was to cover and protect the garden. He would now twist that position of protector to one of dictatorial ruler. That's what he had in mind. God would not allow such a sin to go unanswered. And you go, whew. Yes. But, as usual, with many of God's answers, the final outcome is not in place for a long, long time, though there's an immediate consequence in place. This is similar in process to the sentence given to Adam. That's right. It's a dying thou shalt die. Right. But it, he didn't die. He was, what, 930 30. Years yeah, old. Right, exactly. So, and you think about that, well, okay, dying thou shalt die took 930 years, but the other part of it was, remember, God gave Adam dominion over the earth. Right. Adam sinned, but God didn't take the dominion away. He left it there in the hands now of, of someone who, who would be imperfect and sinful. That's right. Same thing with Satan. He did the same thing on a spiritual level. He gave him protection over the earth. And when Satan sinned, he didn't take it away, but left it in his hands. And you say, well, why would God do that? Because the lesson needed to be learned for all of eternity. That's worth it. Yeah, and, and, and we'll see that. Now, Jonathan, when we talk about how devious satanic influence is, I want to play, and I'm not going to tell you where this is from, but this is a soundbite from the pilot season of a program that was on many, many years ago when we were just little kids. So just listen to this. Uh, because it, well, I won't, I'll, I'll keep my comments for afterwards. Let's listen. Once upon a time, there was a typical American girl who happened to bump into a typical red-blooded American boy. And she bumped into him and bumped into him. <laughs> so they decided they'd better sit down and talk this over before they had an accident. They became good friends. 
they found they had a lot of interests in common. And when the boy found the girl attractive, desirable, irresistible, he did what any red-blooded American boy would do. He asked her to marry him. Except, it so happens that this girl is a witch. Uh, and you know what that's from. Bewitched. Bewitched. Way, way, way back in the 1960s, you have this program on, and, and you say, well, what has that got to do with anything? It has everything to do with anything, because what it did, it was a very wholesome introduction to witchcraft into our daily lives. That's demonic. Of course it is. It was a wholesome, and let's laugh about it, and it's a regular family, and everything's normal. Oh, by the way, she's a witch with these magical powers. But everything is wonderful, and it is a comedy, and, and you know, she, she wiggles and do 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 you know, wiggles her nose, her nose and yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> and, and, and you have all this, and, and, and it looks so nice, and it's, and, and it's, very, it's very widely accepted. But what's it doing? It's taking witchcraft and making it normal. Acceptable. And that was a very nice way to initially introduce witchcraft uh, in, in a, in, into the uh, American society. And, and I think that is a symptom of why we need to be so aware of these things. It's gotten much worse since then. Well, and, and, you know, it's gotten much more blatant oh, and yeah. blunt since then as well. So Satan, now let, let's get back to, to Satan and his followers. They're, they're in prison because remember it says, I will cast you down. Right. That's what God said. So there was an immediate consequence, though the final consequence was not yet in place. They're imprisoned. So what does it mean that they're imprisoned? And, and, here, and Jonathan, this is a little bit, this is part of the scary part of, of, of how all this works. In Second Peter 2.4, it describes a little bit about this imprisonment. That and another scripture we'll talk, t- touch on in a moment. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Now that word hell is not really the word hell that we that's normally translated hell. Usually hell is translated from uh, Gehenna, uh, I'm sorry, uh, from, from Sheol or Hades, Old Testament, New Testament. Right. And hell fire is usually translated from Gehenna. Mm-hmm. This one time though, this word hell is translated from an entirely different word. It's Tartaru. Right. Tartar sauce? What? No. I, mean, I mean, tartar. What? what? Tartar. Okay, so what is that? It's the only time this word ever appears in the New Testament. So you got to ask yourself, well, what is it? What does it mean? How does it work? And and what does that? Is, is that some something that we should be aware of and and be on our guard for? And and really, Tartarus is a word that was used in Grecian mythology as a name for a dark abyss or prison. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so it's giving you sense of darkness. In chains. So there's darkness and there's restraint. Okay. So it's kind of describing the condition uh, of, of what these, these demonic influences, these, these spirits were, were, were um, brought down to. So if you say darkness, what you're saying is, well, that means there must be an absence of light. Right. If there are chains. God's influence. Right. So, and if there are chains, that must mean they can do some things, but they can't do everything. Limited. So, we're saying darkness and limitation. All right. So, now what does that mean? Well, let's look at the next scripture and see if we can put this into a little bit more perspective. Because what we want to know is why these demons are involved with humanity. So far, we've seen Satan and his influence and how uh, a, a, a number of his followers ended up falling because they were following their own ways instead of God's ways. But now let's go to Jude chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation 
habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting change unto under darkness unto the judgment of that day. All right, so so here they kept not their first, they left home, they kept not their first estate, they left home, and now they're kept in these everlasting chains under darkness to the judgment of the great day, and that's scary. That is. And uh, so let's finish up the scripture and then let's get some more of these these comments going. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, it's interesting because it says suffering the vengeance of eternal fire, not torture, but restraint. Uh, Notice the angels are kept reserved for judgment. Okay, they're, they're not disposed of. Right. There is a judgment coming upon them. How do we know that? Because the example of Sodom and Gomorrah is, is mentioned here. And Sodom and Gomorrah are not destined for destruction, but for judgment. That's right. How do we know that? Because the scriptures tell us that. Well, what scriptures? Well, I'm not telling you now. <laughs> because if you go to CQ Rewind, uh, you sign up for CQ Rewind on uh, ChristianQuestions.com. And in the bonus material, we have a whole scriptural reasoning around this that shows us what's going to happen to Sodom and Gomorrah and why they're such a good example of the angels uh, the, the, the angels that have left their first estate here. So that's available at ChristianQuestions.com. Uh, you can sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. It's a free service, and uh, it's a it's an email that'll come to you once a week with a with an attachment that gives you all kinds of great stuff in terms of trying to to, to get what we're what we're trying to say here in print. And if you have a thought on our subject, Are Demons Influencing Your Life? Give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. All right, so here's the thing, Jonathan. Why are demons involved with humanity? Well, Satan was cast down from heaven to earth. His followers are cast down also with him to darkness and restraint, but in the context of earth. Mm-hmm. So God essentially, and this is, this, is a, this is a characteristic of God, when there is willfulness, he often lets that willfulness play its course out. To learn a lesson. Right, from. right. And, and it's, it's a hard lesson, and you know, that's tough love parenting, that's what that is. Yes. Uh, if you've ever had a child or, or two that has been a little bit rebellious, and I've had those, <laughs> and you, sometimes you know that letting their willfulness play out is going to ultimately benefit them. Yes. And so you let it play out un- with certain restrictions so they Restraints. can... Restraints. Right, so they can learn the lesson. So just like Satan, these evil spirits are being dismissed from God's light and sent to darkness, yet they still wield great power even though they're restrained because they're bigger than us and they're stronger than us. The difference between their power, uh, be, uh, the difference being that their power can no longer access godly righteousness. It can only draw from satanic influence. So they're locked out of God, God's righteousness now. That's, that's not good. It's a scary thing because they're more powerful than us. So how, what does that mean for us in the world in which we live? Well, let's go back to the, the, the story that we started last segment uh, about these, uh, these sisters, these Fox sisters from 1848 and the tapping and the spirit connection, quote-unquote, that they were feeling and seeing in their own home uh, way back then, and, what, 160 years ago. Let's listen. This account was given by Mrs. Margaret Fox of Hydesville, New York, concerning events that transpired on March 31st of 1848 and describes the beginning of what many consider to be the birth of modern spiritism, 
the communication with spirits of the dead or beings from the other side of reality. While Mrs. Fox recorded the account, her daughters Kate and Margareta, pictured here with their sister Leah, were considered the real mediums of this encounter. The sisters claimed to have contacted a disembodied spirit they called Mr. Splitfoot. Mr. Splitfoot is a, is a nickname for Satan. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Back then, it was a, is a nickname for Satan. Um, but so here you have this sense of of uh, contact with the nether world, contact with a disembodied spirit, and it was in modern times, if you will, in the 1840s, and it drew a lot of attention. And these sisters became mediums and famous. Very, very famous for, for, for this, and, and we'll see what happens as, as we go through uh, the, the story. But this was, is the beginning of what many believe to be the birth of modern spiritism back in the 1840s, 1850s, right there. So when you look at that, you've got this whole, whole thing happening. And folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free 866-985 for all. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. We're talking about demons influencing our lives, and we'd love to hear your thoughts, your comments and your questions and post your comments on our facebook page and our blog go to christianquestions.com and jonathan the bottom line here is we don't have time to read the scripture but ephesians 6 10 to 12 says be strong in the lord and the strength of his might put on the whole armor of god we need to understand the enemy so we can be armed and protected against the enemy and if you notice the armor of god is not armor that we have built it's given to us we you know it, it's given to us say here put this on because this is stronger than you are so that's what we need to do satan and his followers are left to their own way to influence the world uh, they were once meant to protect just as mankind was left we were left to our own way to exercise our dominion over the world we were originally to care for God allows rebelliousness to follow through, but only to a certain point. But right now, we're in the middle of the rebellious stage. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Are Demons Influencing Your Life? Is demon possession a thing of the past only in biblical times, or is it here and now in the 21st century? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Are Demons Influencing Your Life? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, as we go through this subject about demons influencing our lives, it is a very sobering subject because we have to realize that these, these spiritual beings, uh, they were degraded from their positions of great light. Right. All right. But it doesn't mean that they can't be harmful still. Just because they don't have that position of great light and the greatest power doesn't mean they don't have anything. On the contrary, they still are able to influence and to hurt. And we know this because we can see the fruits of their work. That's right. And, and the scripture says, by the fruits you shall know them. Mm-hmm. Well, you look around and you see the fruit of, of demonic influence. And folks, it's never good. It's nasty. It's never positive. It's never upbuilding. It's never for the good of mankind. It's always 
turns out to be dark and evil. And, and how does Satan's influence work into our lives? Small step by small step by small step. By giving us the ability to accept things uh, that are dark and evil as normal and nice. And you know, I want to give another example of that. Okay. All right. Let's go to another soundbite, uh, folks. You're probably good, if if you're a little bit older, like we are, you're, you're probably going to recognize this immediately. And again, we'll discuss it once you hear this theme song from a, a popular program back in the '60s. Casper, the friendly ghost, the friendliest ghost you know. Old grown-ups pipe looking him with fright. The children all love him so. He always says hello. So you say, oh, well, what's, it's a cartoon. What's wrong with a cartoon? He's friendly. He loves the grown-ups don't understand why the children love him most. It's Casper the Friendly Ghost. Now, it's like he was good against evil. The other ghosts were, were mean and they were doing bad things. And he was always trying to do the right thing. Right. He was the nice guy. And what, it's, what is it teaching us? It's teaching us that, okay, all ghosts aren't bad. Uh-oh. And again... Not it, a good lesson. It, it, it is a subtle, simple, little step-by-step way that we learn to accept demonic influence into our normal everyday life without questioning it. Because, oh, he's cute, and he smiles, and he's friendly, and he always does good, and there's always a moral to the story. But he's a ghost. Now, first of all, uh, I mean, what is a ghost? Let's, we'll, we'll get into that in a little while. Okay. All right? Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And the conversation continues next hour and online and all through the week at ChristianQuestions.com. Live Sunday mornings and on demand with tons of topics to talk about featured in our audio, audio archive, CQ Rewind, Facebook, and our blog. So ChristianQuestions.com is a place to go for all of those things. Again, Secret Rewind, you want to sign up for the full edition because there's so much stuff in there that's going to help put this all in perspective, especially with a subject like this. It's a little creepy, uh, but you want to be able to understand it so you know what it is your enemy is doing. And how to avoid it. Yeah, and how, uh, how to avoid it, how to stay as far away as possible from it. So, let's take a look. You know, the, the question is, okay, well, what about demon possession? Is that actually real? And when you think of demon possession, you think of all kinds of things. There's lots of scriptural examples. But you think of things like the exorcist, a very famous movie oh, yeah. uh, from, from modern times that, that showed you this hideousness of demon possession. And the question is, okay, is it real? And the answer is, yes, it is. Is it something to be afraid of? Yes, it is. Is it something to avoid? Yes, it is. (laughs) Let's look at a little bit about how demon possession works. Let's go to the scriptures for that. Luke 4, 33 to 36. In the synagogue, there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Let us alone. What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent, and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him down before them, he came out of him without having done him any harm. They were amazed and kept saying to one another, 
What kind of utterance is this? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. So it, it, it's a, it's a it's an inspiring and hopeful scripture about something very dark and evil. Yes. Because you have this man who has the spirit of an unclean demon. All right, he has. He held held within him the influence. The word spirit essentially means power and influence. Right. So he held the power of this unclean demon within him, and when when Jesus comes upon him, the, the reaction is, uh, "Leave us alone." What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? So the, the the demon knows who Jesus is. Oh, yeah. That's scary. That is. Because there's this connection, this spiritual connection. And then he says something interesting. The demon says, have you come to destroy us? They know about judgment, don't they? They, they do. They do. They do. So you have the man possessed by an unclean spirit, that of a demon. doesn't mean, Jonathan, that there's this being, this, this being was inside of him. But it means that the influence of this 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 dark being was manipulating him. That's what that's what possession is. Okay. Now the demon comes out of him. Jesus commanded the demon to come out, uh, and it, 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 and the word literally means to run away. Right away from. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So when Jesus calls the demon out and says the demon came out, it means the demon came out and left because the influence of Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, was too much. For him, and that is encouraging. Oh, it is. In, in the that darkness. gives us hope. Yes, it does. In the darkness of this subject, and the demons are aware of their future destruction if they don't, they don't uh, mend their ways in, in that great day of judgment. Yes, they are aware. And the demons said, "Jesus, have you come here to destroy us?" Because they knew that that is what is down the road unless they do something different. So, it's it's scary when you think about this and you look at it and say this could this can happen in our day? Yes, it can. Does this happen in our day? Absolutely. Yes, it does. Do we need to be aware of it and concerned about it? Yes, we do. And how do we be aware and concerned about it? We realize how demonic influence is actually surrounding us this very day wherever you are and and I I don't I don't want to spook you, but it is surrounding you. Because the this is whose world is this? Satan. Right. Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He has has still has that authority that God has not yet yanked away from him. He will in time. But it, he is allowed to have influence. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Jonathan, let's go back to that story about the, the Fox sisters from 1848 and the birth, if you will, of, of modern-day spiritualism. And remember in that sworn statement by Margaret Fox, she said that she would, they, they determined that they were in contact with uh, a, a disembodied spirit of a man who had been murdered in their house and buried in the cellar. That's what she said in her sworn statement. That's what they determined by the tapping... That, that was on the other end of the communication. Answering her questions. Right. right. Answering her questions through, through a series of tapping. Um, and so now let's, let's get a little bit more background on, on the story as it unfolded many years later. The Fox sisters began a movement that exploded in the 19th century, surrounded with much controversy. The sisters became rich and famous for a time, even traveling with the likes of P.T. Barnum, of Barnum and Bailey Circus, as professional mediums. While skepticism and accusations of fraud surrounded them in their lifetime, 56 years later, 
On November 22, 1904, the Boston Journal would report that the skeleton of the man supposed to have caused the wrappings, first heard by the Fox sisters in 1848, had been found in the walls of the house occupied by the sisters, and clears them from the only shadow of doubt held concerning their sincerity in the discovery of spirit communication. Again, that's kind of an eerie story, and it's a true story. This is, this is the, these are the events of, of that period of time. And if you notice how they became famous, they traveled with Barnum and Bailey Circus. Wow. And they were professional mediums. And the way they, they conducted their business... Okay, and, and folks, there's much more to reveal about the story that we're going to be revealing in the second hour. So if we're not on in your area, go to ChristianQuestions.com, click Listen Live, and stay with us for the second hour because there's much, much more on this story. But Jonathan, the way they would contact and, and communicate with these spirits, not only the spirit of the dead man, and, you know, and I'm, I'm saying it from the standpoint of, of the way it was reported, uh, is, is through the tapping. And they... they, they put together a code to be able to really understand sort of like an alphabetical code with taps and so forth. Okay. So that's how they get all this information. I mean, they had the name of the guy who was murdered supposedly um, in, in that house. And again, we're going to be revealing a lot more on this story in the second hour. So Jonathan, uh, we just have about two minutes left here. There's another example uh, of demonic possession that at this point we won't read, but it's in Luke 8, 26 to 31. Um, and this is about... Uh, a man, a man uh, who had multiple demons yes. possessing him. Okay, yes. and I mean he he was literally out of control. So let's just go through just some some quick bullet points about trying to sort of sum up to understand a little bit more about how demon possession works because it is alive and well, unfortunately. The man with the demons met Jesus and cried out to Jesus, perhaps showing him he wanted to be free but was powerless to do so. So the man got Jesus' attention. And Jesus went to him, and he was he was he was desperately possessed. And he falls down before Jesus, showing Jesus was above the power of the demon within him. So, so, so the man is literally struggling against the possession that that is manipulating him. Yep. And and so he he falls before Jesus, and and that's that a symbol of of great humility. And he said, "Torment me not." Do not put me to the test the, of judgment. This is the demons speaking. Right. Okay. Don't so, put me to the test of judgment. Um, for torment is the testing stone used in marketplaces. Remember we talked about that the word for torment was not actually a word meaning to- torture, but it was actually a word that meant to show your true colors. That's right. So the demon, demons are begging Jesus, don't put us to the test. Don't do it. That's what they're begging. Jesus asks for the name of the demon, um, and the demon complies. And the demon says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And that, again, that is a very scary thing. That because is. one demon enough is enough to overrun any one of us. Yes. But a legion, forget about it. The demons entreat Jesus. They ask for mercy, knowing that they are going to be cast out. So they are, are, again, now you think about this. Jesus, the man Christ Jesus, is standing before them with this great power that he has access to the power of God's own influence. And he knows, because he's humble, how to wield that great power. And he can stand against a legion of demons and overcome them. Wow. And again, see... That gives us hope. Right. In in, in the darkness of the subject, folks, that is the hope, the power of Jesus to be able to stand, even as a man, to stand against a legion of them. And, and to, to cast them out. And then the last point. Is the 
demons knew of the final destruction, the abyss uh, of judgment. So, and they were begging him, don't throw us into the abyss. Yep. So, understand, demons are alive and present in our world. They have influence in our world, and they can uh, wreak havoc. In, in the lives of anybody who will allow them to. And, and I think, Jonathan, that is the key. Uh-oh. It is our mental um, positioning in terms of dealing with the demons and how our mental positioning either opens the door to their influence or closes the door to their influence. Folks, you have a choice. In the second hour, we're really going to discuss how that choice works and what we can do practically to keep our lives away from and clean of demonic influence. For Jonathan and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We'll be back again after the news and all that. If we're not on in your area, go to ChristianQuestions.com and click Listen Live. Stay with us. You want to be with us for the second hour. Are demons influencing your life? We'll be back soon, but until then, think about it. is Christian Questions. Meg Cabot once said, Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience, and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, we have a very important and in in, in many ways a difficult subject this morning. We really do, Rick. And the question this morning is, are demons influencing your life? And our theme text is found in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 14. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So and just just the, the the fact that that scripture is is it was written gives us cause for great concern. It does. Even Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light, and so you think, well, what what can you trust? Exactly. And that's really what we're talking about this morning, folks. Is what can we trust, and how do we trust, so that we can stay as far away from possible as possible from the demonic influence that exists in the world today, that influences the world today, and that, like it or not, is all around you. It is. It it, it just is. It's all around you. It's all around us. What do we do about it? That's what we're talking about this morning. And folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And go to our website and become a Twitter follower to learn about upcoming programs and any new updates posted. Go to ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, at the end of the last hour, we were talking about uh, how uh, about demon possession, a little bit about you know demons entering and so forth. Let, let's talk a little bit about how demons, how demon possession works, because I think that's important to understand. So, again, it's the kind of thing that we want to to be able to run away from as far and fast as we're capable of. 
Matthew seventeen eighteen, good place for us to, to get started. And Jesus rebuked him, and the demon came out of him, and the boy was cured at once. And so here you have a young a boy. I don't know how old this boy was, but he was, certainly wasn't an adult right. that had been possessed. That's a scary thing. It is. Because if a child... In their innocence... Right, can be possessed, what does that mean? Uh, you know, that means that there's great power and influence that doesn't have any care for, 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 for the human race other than having them be, be puppets. Wow. So demons enter. That's what they do. They, 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 they enter. Now, again, it's not like this, this, this being, you know... Like like the movie Alien, where the little the thing was grown inside the person and just yeah. jumps out their stomach or something gross like that. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not what demon possession is. Demon possession is the power and influence of these dark, evil beings, spirit beings that are much bigger and more powerful than us. They that their power and influence manipulates those whom they put their attention on. That's what it means. Because to enter doesn't necessarily have to mean to physically enter. Let's look at Luke 22, verses 3 and 4 as an example of this. Then Satan entered into Judas called Iscariot, who was one of the twelve. He went away and conferred with the chief priests and officers of the temple police about how he might betray him to them. See, now, I don't believe that, that Judas was possessed at this point. He was influenced. Exactly. Exactly, exactly. He was influenced by Satan and Satan's will, and he allowed a, a satanic thought process right. to override a righteous thought process. Exactly. And I think, Jonathan, that's one of the big hints for us to say, okay, how do you stay away from these things? Well, that, that's, a, that's one of the, the, the big rules. Do not allow satanic thought processes to override righteousness. Stay close to the Word of God. Exactly, because that is the purest source of righteousness that, light. We, that, that we can have and find in, in our world. And you look around our world and you say, okay, well, how is demon possession really, really out there in, in the world? Well, next soundbite, Jonathan, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not going to draw a conclusion on, on this particular individual, but listen, this is Beyonce being interviewed. Okay. okay. Now, talk about something right up to date. This is Beyonce just a few years ago being interviewed. Listen to how she describes what happened to her um, in her in her sort of coming out performance that, that really catapulted her to, to international stardom and fame. Just listen to her own words describing her experience. It was way better than, than I expected. And Sasha was in full effect. Sasha is my alter ego. And when people see me, sometimes I think that when they meet me and they speak with me, they're expecting Sasha. And um, I'm really kind of shy, and not really shy, but more reserved and um, nothing like Sasha. I guess I wouldn't be very entertaining on the stage, so Sasha comes out, <laughs> and she's fearless. You know, she can she can do things that I cannot do when I'm in rehearsal. And I remember right before I performed, I raised my hands up, and it was kind of the first time I, I felt something else come into me, and I knew that was going to be my coming out night for the BET Awards. All right. So, again, is that is that p- proof positive? No, it's not. But it sure sounds 
creepy to me. It does. Okay, it, it sounds creepy because the the fact is, and I was watching the interview, and she's you know she's showing how she sort of raised her hands to allow this to come into her. So the the thought is that from the outside something came into her and took over her and enabled her to do things in that performance that she um, had not previously been able to do and comes into her on a regular basis when she now performs and she the name is Sasha that's her what she calls her alter ego that's scary it is now is that po- positive proof of demon possession no it's not it's not positive proof but it is proof that some pretty strange things go on and Jonathan I went through a lot of stuff in, in preparation for this yeah and she was not the only very, very highly popular entertainer that had that same kind of story. Ooh, that's scary. It is. It is. That, and that influences everyone around them. Exactly. Exactly. So, folks, the point is be on the alert because demonic influence uh, is around us much more than we'd like to believe. Jonathan, let's go to the phones. All right. Well, we have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Wow, you have a, a tough one. Yes. There's so much to learn about it. It's so mysterious, I think. Yes. But no doubt, I agree, demonic influence uh, is out there. It exists, and uh, it's, uh, it's uh, testified by the scriptures. Uh, incidentally, uh, you mentioned Anton LaVey. Yes. Uh, he uh, wrote the Satanic Bible. Yes. He also found, uh, you might probably mention also, that he, uh, he founded a church in San Francisco. Right. Uh, yeah. Satan worship, uh, yes. Satanic church. Yeah, quite the, uh, and, uh, the their uh, philosophy, the philosophy is, like you said, the weak, uh, too bad for the weak, let the strong just uh, prevail and uh, do their thing. Mm-hmm. Boy, what, that's scary. Uh, yeah, um... Uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 3, I've probably heard this on your program before, where the church, God's church, eventually will judge angels. They will be dealt with by God's uh, church when his church is complete. Uh, that's one good thing. And uh, Hebrews 2, 5 talks about that God would never again allow these uh, the angels to did what they did at the, at the time of the flood. Mm-hmm. He would never allow that to happen again. So they're real, and uh, the uh, the uh, comforting thing about it that uh, they exist, they do what they do with limitations, as you noted in the Peter Scripture also. So thank God that uh, one day they will uh, be uh, destroyed, and uh, like Satan in uh, Revelation chapter 20, that he would be ultimately destroyed also. Thank God for that. Thank you. Thank you, Julius. Appreciate your call. And, and Julius is right. The, the, there is a spiritual warfare going on here that um, we are, we we earthlings, if you will, are stuck in the middle of this great spiritual warfare. And um, unfortunately, too many of us are ignorant of what's happening. That's right. And when you're ignorant of the warfare around you, it's very easy to be sucked up by the by the wrong influences. Yep. And so uh, this is a this is a. Uh, um, a time where we just we want to to sit here, folks, and, and talk with you and say, look, be aware that these things are around you. They do influence your life. So the object is to get them to influence just the context of your life without influencing your personal decisions. And go to our website, ChristianQuestions.com, and sign up for CQ Rewind. 
and you'll get all of the scriptures and the things that we don't have time to cover, Rick, in this subject. It's a huge subject. Yeah, and we're skipping through a bunch of oh, we are. over a bunch of things here. So Seeker Rewind, the full edition, sign up. It's a free service. ChristianQuestions.com is the place to go. Folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about demonic influence. Our number is 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And, you know, Jonathan, in, in, in life, sometimes we, we have experiences that let us know these things are real. I've had, I've had a couple of those experiences, and they're just, they're, they're spooky. They're scary, they, yeah. They, and and uh, one experience had to do with a young man who had uh, commit, committed suicide who was a professed uh, Satan worshiper. And I won't go into details, but um, I had some very specific personal face-to-face interchanges with him. And it was very disturbing, oh. very disturbing to see the, the, the things uh, that were happening and uh, the, the, the manner in which he uh, committed suicide and um, how he was actually so close to being helped, mm. so close, and yet and it, it didn't, it didn't uh, go that direction. So anyway, um, as, we, as we go through this, we were talking about demons entering again. It doesn't have to be this physical entering. Right. Just let's look at Matthew very quickly, Matthew twenty six forty one, because it's, it's another scripture that just explains entering that's not physical. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. That's the, that's the mental process of, of allow, opening your mind to temptation. Right. We don't want to open our mind to the darkness of demonic influence. That's the key. That's the point. Demons, Jonathan, they, they want to possess and control. That's right. And, you know, there's an interesting correlation, and we're just going to just touch on this briefly, between how God's power and influence can beget true followers of Christ. Which is a good thing. Right, because it's, Holy Spirit. it's not manipulating and controlling, it's influencing. Yes. But demonic possession is sort of a mimicking of that, but in a very different way. A controlling issue. In a controlling issue. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. There's three, actually, three different words for demon in the New Testament. We're not going to get into that now. Um, let's go back to, because our, our time is fleeting here. Let's go back to the story about the Fox sisters from 1848, I'm sorry, 1848, and how they are the founding, if you will, of modern spiritualism, how they claimed to be uh, able to channel spirits. In the aftermath of the events in Hydesville, Margareta Fox would experience further encounters. Using the alphabet to communicate, she obtained the following message from a spirit who told her, Dear friends, you must proclaim this truth to the world. This is the dawning of a new era. You must not try to conceal it any longer. When you do your duty, God will protect you, and good spirits will watch over you. Now that's a pack of lies. Exactly. And and that's the thing. Satan himself disguises himself as an angel of light. And he was the father of lies. And so you have this, and, and, and this message goes out that this is a new era. This is good. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah. This is good. Bewitched. Bewitched. This is good. Beyonce. This is good. All of these things you look at and say, wait a minute. No, 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 no. This is not good. This is not good because demons have a fixation on possessing and manipulating and controlling and taking away our free will. These are the things that we need to be on the lookout for. This is what demon possession and demon influence is all about. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, are demons influencing your life? Coming up. Do mediums really talk to the dead, 
Or could they be talking to someone or something else? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Are Demons Influencing Your Life? If you have a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, as we as we progress with this subject, uh, at the end of the last segment, you were asking the question about ghosts. Yes. Who or what are ghosts? And the first question we have to ask is, okay, are there any scriptures anywhere that even hint that dead people become ghosts? I can't think of it. Well, I don't think there are. And so you got to think that if such something that significant was going to happen after you die, wouldn't God have just sort of let us know? Yeah, you would think. I mean, he let us know about the Day of Judgment. He let us know about resurrection. He let us know about prophecies. He let us know about things to unfold. What, did he just forget that? <laughs> I don't think so. So as we wrap up the story about the Fox sisters from 1848, um, this, this is significant because, uh, folks, what we're saying is, if you ask the question, do, do Jonathan and Rick believe in ghosts? The answer is no, we don't. So what are they? Then what is all? Ah, now that's a different question. But is a ghost a disembodied spirit of a human being? No, it's not. It can't be. It just, it just isn't. Okay, so let, let's be clear on that. Now let's listen to this wrap-up of these, the Fox sisters from 1848 and listen carefully to how this all ends because this is telling. At the site of the Fox Cottage at 1510 Hydesville Road, a monument was erected that said, The Birthplace of Modern Spiritualism. Upon this site stood the Hydesville Cottage, the home of the Fox sisters, through whose mediumship communication with the spirit world was established, March 31, 1848. The monument went on to say, There is no death, there are no dead. Placed here December 5th, 1927. So the monument is put up in 1927. And what it's saying is, here's the, the, the birthplace of modern spiritualism. There is no death. There are no dead. Now, fo- uh, folks, look. Last week, we did a program on what happens when you die. Right. And we did that purposefully before this program to establish a scriptural context for dying and death. And we're not trying to depress you with all this stuff. But we need to understand it so you can be armed and ready to, to, to stay away from those things that, that we ought not to be uh, getting involved in. And folks, if you do have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free, 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. Jonathan, just reviewing last week, and folks, go to the website, ChristianQuestions.com, and listen to last week. Sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. Get last week's transcript so you can see it, so you can see the scriptures. 
in the, 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 the Old Testament, God says, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Dying thou shalt die. Right. Okay? But uh, what Satan said is, you will surely not die. Right. In Romans, it says the wages of sin is... Death. But the gift of God is eternal life. So when you look at these things, and you say, in, on their monuments, they say, there is no death, there are no dead. I've, sa- I've heard that before, Rick. They are repeating the original lie of Satan. Evil influence and they put it they you know when you, you hear the phrase well don't worry that's not cast in stone well this is that's right the lie is cast in stone at the site of that house that uh, these events happened in 1848 so it's jonathan it's just it's maddening to me to uh to, to see uh, how this unfolds one of the things we didn't get to last segment jonathan we won't read the scripture but matthew 12 43 to 45 gives us a sense that Jesus is explaining that when unclean spirits are cast out, they go to the waterless places. Right. Because, and they're looking for some place... To occupy. To occupy. Yeah. So, again, that's spooky and that's scary, but it's true. It's, yeah, a void. What we want to do is understand that and yeah. keep our mind closed to such things. Don't open yourself up to the evil influence. And open to goodness, righteousness, spirituality, and godliness. See, we can choose. That's the moral of the story here, Jonathan. We can choose. But it's so hard, Rick, because Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. That's right. How do we know? How do we fight that fight? And, you know, with that scripture in mind, let's go to another soundbite. We played some from this guy last week when we were talking about death. It's from IamJeffreyAllen.com. And he's the guy who quote, communicates, unquote, with, uh, with ghosts, with, with the, the spirits of, of, of people who have passed on. I, he, he's not communicating with them, but that's what he says. Here, listen to how he describes it. When you do finally decide, it's my time, and I go through this exit door, I die, your spirit leaves your body. You tend to spend a few weeks or a few months, it's different for each individual, around the body and kind of near the people that you were close to in this life. And this is the time where people will feel you. If you have loved ones that have died, you know that they kind of hang out for a little while. They may, you may feel like they're talking to you or that you can sense their presence. You may even smell a familiar smell that was with them. And you kind of know that they're there. And at some point you notice that I think they're gone. I think they're, they moved on. They're not here anymore. And that's because it's true. (laughs) The spirits after you die hang out a little bit and kind of clean things up and work with your loved ones, finish any energy. And after you leave the body, you have a bigger perspective on what's happening. So there you have it. How confusing. It, well, and that's, you know, that, that's the whole point. The, the reason we play things like that is because it is confusing. And the, the guy speaks with authority because this is what is communicated to him. So you say, okay, if it's what's communicated. Now, do I believe it's communicated to him? I do. But the question but the source is right. who, who or what? Who is doing the communicating? And that scripture, again, the theme scripture you just mentioned, Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. If he can disguise himself as an angel of light, he can certainly disguise himself or his followers can disguise themselves as a ghost. Oh, of course. So, come on. Let, let's get real. Let's understand that the, it is a spiritual connection, but it is a dark and evil spiritual connection. And these fallen demonic angels have been around from before mankind they know history they know every person they know the person's experiences and if they relate something that that person did says oh i'm that person and remember this happened to me 
Of course they know. Right. And of course we, being gullible human beings that we are, are going to be convinced. Exactly. Because, and here's the thing, Jonathan. Oftentimes when our personal experiences or the personal experiences of other people point to these things and you get the feeling and the emotion behind it, it's a very convincing argument. It is. It is. But the point is, folks, that the, there is a much larger power at work here. And it's a, it is really the classic battle of good versus evil. And evil will do anything to override good. Even evil will, 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 will disguise itself as good to get your trust. Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yep. Bewitched. Very, very powerful influences in our lives. Uh, of folks who, and again, with the Beyonce thing, I'm not saying it's a definite, um, definite ev- evidence because I don't know, but it sure seems fishy to me. Mm. Okay, so you, you look at those things. So again, folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll-free, 866-985-4ALL. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And stay connected to Rick and I any day or time at ChristianQuestions.com. Exclusive videos, audio clips, or our great rewind tool, and much, much more. Right after the show or any day this week, jump on to ChristianQuestions.com. So, Jonathan, one of the things, again, that we mentioned earlier, but we want to, to reiterate and, and, and really nail down is, first of all, ghosts are not disembodied spirits of human beings. If, if there is a, a spiritual connection or communication, uh, you, you know, the, in, in, in the Fox sister thing, they were talking about how they, they developed a spelling uh, ability through tapping. Right. That, look, that's what a Ouija board is. You're right. Okay. Now, is there spiritism behind Ouija boards? I believe there is. So should you be messing with them? I know. You shouldn't. You should run away from that stuff because why would you open your mind to something that has only dark and evil behind it? Because demons are only capable of evil. Now, they might do something nice for you now, but that's just to get your trust. Yep. And it's just so they can manipulate. And doesn't that sound like an evil person? It does. Who will who'll do anything to get your trust so they can take advantage of you? Yep. All right. Well, that's what we have on a spirit level. Just let's go through a few scriptures on that. Jude chapter 1, verse 6. And the angels who did not keep their own position, but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains in deepest darkness for the judgment of the great day. So again, that's a verse that we talked about in the first hour, just bringing it back to the, to the front, because it says that they are in chains of darkness. It means they have restraint on them. That's right. And they're in darkness. They're out of the light of God. But they still have power. Yes, the darkness is flourishing in their their area. Right, right, right. Second Peter two four. For if God did not spare the angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and, and, com- and that word hell is Tartaro. Tartaro. Right? And committed them to chains of deepest darkness to be kept until the judgment. So they're kept there until they will be judged. Yes. And, and that's, see, that's the good part of this, Jonathan, as dark and evil and, and scary as it might be to say, wow, you're saying that this, all this influence is running rampant in the world? Yes. And the other thing is that as the time goes on, it's going to get worse. Absolutely. And it's become more blatant. And we've been set up for it to get worse and become more blatant, and we've been set up to accept it. That's right. So think about it in terms of where are you sitting in your life and what are you leaning on for your influences and check it and double check it and make sure you're going in the right direction for how, that influence. How about the evil movies of this day preparing us? And You it, know, that's really what they're doing. And it makes dark, demonic influence mainstream. 
Yep. It makes it so, yeah, it's well... It's the norm. Right. I mean, this whole thing that people actually believe in zombies. I mean, you know, when I first came across that, to me it was laughable until I heard a news report about, well, you know, there is, a, there is an actual division of the government that's a zombie preparation division. <sighs> and I thought, wait, 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 not really. Come on, what movie is this from? No, this is real. So Unbelievable. You've you got to understand, these are, demons are only capable of evil. The fact that these demons are restrained in chains of darkness and their power and influence is under constant guard indicates that they have absolutely no power for good for they're locked out of the source of all good. And again, that's the most important thing. Are demons influencing our lives? Yes, they are. How are they doing it? Because they have perpetrated every avenue and every aspect of, of our lives. They're on billboards. They're in music. They're in the written word, they're in movies, they're in television shows, they're in children's books, they're in children's uh, t- television shows. How about in churches? <laughs> and they can certainly be in churches. And again, you say, well, what's sacred? The word of God is sacred. Understanding that God does have rule over all of these things and that there is only one source for any good and perfect gift. And, and that's actually reflected in James one seventeen. Every generous act of giving, with every perfect gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. So, and again, all of these things that we're talking about, Jonathan, we're not necessarily talking about demonic possession with everything I just listed off, but demonic influence. influence. Right. All right. Demonic, look, demonic influence is enough. To screw That's bad enough. It's yeah. enough yeah. to screw everything up. Yeah. Demonic possession is, is over the top, yeah. where you have uh, a, a, a something that has now really begun, someone has begun to lose control of themselves because they are being manipulated, just like a marionette on strings, yes. uh, by, by an influence that's higher than them and more powerful than them. And we know that can happen. It's yes. It, it happens several times in scriptural uh, accounts. And it happens in our day and in our world. It, it, it simply does. Now, who's, I'm not going to give you a list of who's possessed. I don't know. I don't care to know. I just care to stay away from it. Me too. And that, that's really uh, how we want to focus on this. So when we look at demonic possession, and again, are ghosts disembodied spirits of human beings? No. No. If you think you see a ghost or you have communication with a ghost, what you're communicating with, make no mistake, is a dark, evil, spiritual influence. Yep. That's what you're communicating with. You think it's your grandmother? No, it's not. It is a dark, evil, spiritual influence masquerading as your grandmother. Avoid why, it why would at they, all costs. Why would they do that? To gain your trust so that you'll listen to them a little bit and more. And you'll open up yourself to them. And when you open up yourself, you become vulnerable. So, folks, just realize the depths of the seriousness of this subject. So when we look at this, Jonathan, from the standpoint of, of demonic possession, there, there are several quick points here we want to make. What, summing up, the objective of demonic possession is what? To control. All right. To manipulate. Uh, again, think about the marionette on strings. Yep, to seize and drive that which it possesses. So that which it possesses, it wants to drive that. It, 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 it wants to take control. And it's solely for its own purpose. There is no godly purpose in any of this. Never for the benefit of the one possessed. And see, to me, that is the, the, the biggest thing. You say, well, you know, we were talking about maybe Beyonce is possessed, and look at her. She's rich and wealthy. Yeah, is it to her benefit? To have, have no way. if in fact that's what's happening to her, to have demonic influence just controlling her life? Because no, because she becomes a slave to it. 
See, that's the thing. You become a slave to it. And Rick, it's only capable of producing evil results. And the results may look good for a moment, may look good for right now, but the evil results are what inevitably comes because evil only begets evil. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, are demons influencing your life? Coming up, how do we protect ourselves from demonic influence in our lives, or can we? That's next. You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, Are Demons Influencing Your Life? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866 985 4255, that's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And Jonathan, this segment, uh, we, we've spent a lot of time on all of the, the, the creepy, spooky stuff. Yep. Um, and we could have made it a lot creepier and a lot spookier, but chose not to at, the, at this point. But this segment is okay. Now that you see it, and now that you're a little creeped out by it, hopefully, I mean, folks, and I hope you are creeped out by it, what do you do? How do you get to the demon-free zone? That's <laughs> I like what, that. That's what we want. That's we want, right. Here, here, are the, here are the instructions. Here's the map to get to the demon-free zone. How do you do that? Well, there are six steps here that, that we're going to suggest to you. Now, there's obviously other things you can do, but these six really sort of jumped out at us. What's the first one? Know that this is a battle much bigger than you or I can fight. All right, so you have to know and realize that you're, you're in the midst of a battle. You're sort of in the crossfire of a battle that's way beyond you. That's right. And uh, Ephesians 6.12 is a good scripture on that. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And who amongst us thinks that you can stand up in a, in a wrestling match like that? Uh, well, hopefully you're not thinking that. Right. I mean, it's like Jacob wrestling with the angel. Did he actually think that he could... He could beat the angel? <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the angel toyed with him throughout the night. Oh, yeah. Then, then dislocated his hip, and that was the end of it. Yep. But, you know, we cannot match the powers of darkness. We can't, we can't, we can't. So don't try. Rather, seek to have the match to the powers of darkness come through the great spiritual powers of light. Yes. So that's... So first... First rule, know that the battle is bigger than you personally are capable of fighting. Okay, what's rule number two? And this is important. Know that they know. All right, know that they know what? Well, let's look at James 2.19. Thou believest that God is one, thou doest well. The demons also believe and shudder. So the demons, now think about this, because remember at the beginning of the program we said, well, you know, all angels all and demons originate from God. Mm-hmm. God created those beings. They turned evil after their creation because they were given the ability to choose. Yes. All right, so you have what is probably a very, 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 very small segment of the spiritual creation of God that's turned evil. All right, so okay. you have this small segment that have chosen that, but they also did not forget their origin. They know, deep down, they know that God is God. Oh, yeah. And they know they're fighting a battle that is beyond them. And it says, the scripture in James says, they know and they shudder. They're afraid. It scares them. It sends a chill up their spine. I don't think they have a spine, but you know what I mean. Yep. It sends a chill up their spine to, to, to realize that God is almighty. 
And, uh, and, and folks, for me, that is a big and important uh, source of great comfort when you're dealing with such darkness. That's right. The third point, the third, so we've got know that the battle's bigger than you, know that the demons know uh, that God is bigger than them. And the third point is set your mind to firm and final resistance. All right, firm and final. So in other words, you're going to go right out, you're going to go out resisting. Yes. All right, First Peter 5, verses 8 and 9. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, devil walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So that, that's a great scripture because it says resist him steadfast in the faith. So it's, it doesn't say resist him and fight him with all that you've got. No. It says resist him. How? Steadfast in the faith. So having the, your, your Christian faith supporting you, and then it says, and this is great, it says knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. So it's saying that, look, you're not the only one. So bind yourselves together and therefore have that faith uh, be, be exemplified in much more than just your own personal experience. So, so set your mind to firm and final resistance. Just don't allow it one little step of, of overcoming in your life. Folks, if you have a thought, it's 866-985-4255, toll free 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now. And if you have any questions on our subject... Give us a call and ask your questions at ChristianQuestions.com or go to our Facebook or email us at Rick at ChristianQuestions.net. And this is an important subject, folks. So if you do have questions, you do have concerns, and you maybe you're a little bit afraid to, to sort of say them in public, we want to hear from you because this is a very important subject to keep ourselves firm in the faith. Uh, Jonathan, I want to go to one more current uh, approach to the darkness of all of these things that was, has been made to look commonplace and oh, fun and exciting. Okay, this is another television show. Now, remember we had Bewitched. We were talking about you know, yes. that's, you know, forty years ago. Yep. And you know, Casper she's, she's a witch. Too. Well, now let's go. Let let's let's fast forward to you know the the two thousands decade, and uh, look at just listen to just a short blast, if you will, from a, a program about witches. And it's it's more than just one witch. You know, in the, the little cute wiggling of her nose. This is about big, dark, deep things. And this is from the the TV series Charmed. Let's listen. Um, I just have the hiccups. Oh, see? Uh, Piper, can I talk to you for a minute in the kitchen? Sure. Maybe with or without the source, I still need a will, especially if I'm ever going to start a family. This isn't about a will. This is about a premonition that I just had that I don't want Cole to know about. What do you mean? Why not? Because I just saw him jump in front of a demon to take a fireball for me. That's why not. A demon? What kind of demon? One with a half a face. Yuck. Yeah, so we have to figure out who the demon is and vanquish him before Cole... What if we need Cole to ID him? I mean, the source probably sent this demon. That's exactly my point. He's going to want to stay close to protect me. Well, honey, that's what you do for people you love. I know, but Piper, he's human now. It's not like he could fend off a fireball. And you see the mixture of regular human life with this this darkness? Uh, unbelievable. And it's so smooth, and it's so acceptable, and it's so, yeah, I want to get my will together because, you know, I want to have a family, I want to do everything right, and, 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 and they're, they're mixing the spirit life and the physical life as though it's natural. Beware the subtlety of sin and darkness. 
understand that we have been essentially brainwashed by by Satan and his minions uh, to to accept the spiritual wickedness in high places as oh no this is the way life is supposed to be you know that that ser- I don't even know if that series is on. I never watched the series I just found a clip from it on YouTube and thought you know this is this is good to illustrate how you went from bewitched where it was all fun and innocent right because there was never oh, yeah. anything dark or evil there here they're dealing with darkness and evil and and combating it with what we know to be darkness and evil so, unbelievable but and it's taken out on, on as as perfectly commonplace and perfectly acceptable and yeah you know that's okay because we're good they're bad and and folks just realize how we have been duped in in our world and we have to be so so aware folks if you have a thought now would be the time 866-985-4255 toll free 866-985-4ALL we're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9 and that means we're on right now and stay connected to Rick and I at ChristianQuestions.com no matter the day or time so the six points about living in that demon free zone know that this is a battle much bigger than you or I can fight Know that they know. Right. Know that the demons know that God is bigger than them. Set your mind to firm and final resistance. And the fourth point is to arm yourself. Okay. Ah, that reminds me of the armor of God. Well, and that's what we're <laughs> going to absolutely talk about here. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 to 18. This is the key. You have to have yourself in the right frame of reference to get to this point. Okay, you have to realize that the battle is bigger than you. You have to understand that demons know that God is big. You have to have your mind already set to that firm resistance, and then you're capable of putting on this armor. Ephesians six thirteen to 18. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. And it's interesting. It says, take up the whole armor of God. Don't leave a piece out. Exactly. Because when you leave a piece out, you're vulnerable. And if you're vulnerable, then there's only darkness out there. Yep. So, so let's just touch on these, these points of armor very quickly. Stand, here. therefore, having girded your waist with truth. Okay. So truth is a critical thing. And that's why we say, what do you trust? You trust the Holy Scriptures. You trust the Word and the will of God in your life. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So always be seeking to do righteous, to do good, to do right. And that right is defined in a godly fashion, not just right by what feels right or, you know, what's right for the moment. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So the gospel of peace must be where we are going and what our lives are about. That's how you arm yourself because it gives, see, having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace is saying that's what your mind is set on because that's where your feet are going. Your mind is set on the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you have been able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So faith is a thing that it's not on you, but you p- can pick it up or put it down. And, and it starts off above all. Yes. Uh, so, very important. Yes. All right. The next point is take the helmet of salvation. That protects your mind. Salvation protects our mind, and that's where Satan wants to go, is our mind. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. How do you fight? How do you offensively fight with the Word of God? That's how we can fight against it. When Jesus was tempted three times by Satan, he what quote, did he do? He quoted Scripture. You got it. So that's, that's, our, that's our lot in life. There's another um, piece of armor. 
It's praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end, and with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And that really does connect to the other scripture that said that, you know, resist the devil, you know, because the same sufferings are experienced with the other, with the brotherhood in the world. Yes. So with all the saints together, work it all together. So that's the fourth point, arm yourself. We've got two minutes, we've got two points left. Num- point number five. Claim the promises of protection. So there are promises that were given to claim that will help to protect us. Psalm 91, 3 to 5. For it is he who delivers you from the snare of the tempter and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you may seek refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and bulwark. You will not be afraid of the terror by night or the arrow that flies by the day. And, you know, that that's a great scripture. And as a matter of fact, in the in CQ Rewind, the full edition, I think we have, if I'm not mistaken, the, the, the entirety of 90, the 91st Psalm. Because it's a great promise to claim because we live in such an evil day. And I just want to remind you folks of, of the quote we started the, the second hour with. Meg Cabot said, Courage is not the absence of fear, but rather the judgment that something else is more important than fear. So it's not that we're saying, okay, you're not a, it's not that you're not afraid. But you're realizing you can have courage because there's something more important than fear. And that is standing for righteousness, standing under the protection of God Almighty, armed with the armor of God. That's the more important thing. So claim the promises of protection. And then last six, point number six. Remember how the story ends. All right. And and Julius actually referred to this um, in his comment. The story, we won't read the scripture, we won't have time. But in Revelation, it talks about Satan being cast into the bottomless pit. Okay, till the uh, till the thousand years should be uh, fulfilled. That's right. And then uh, afterwards, in Revelation twenty ten, it says the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone, where are also the beast and the false prophet, and they shall be put to the test day and night forever. You have the destruction of evil. Yes. So that, and again, folks, realize how important it is to to put these things in perspective. That's how the story ends. Good prevails over evil. Godliness prevails over darkness. That's the way the story will end. The question is, how will you and I react and act during the process of the story? What will our position be when we are faced with demonic influence that permeates, it permeates the world around us? What am I going to do? You have a choice. And that's the key. These six points again. Know the battle is bigger than you. Know that they know. Three, set your mind to firm and final resistance. Arm yourself. And number five, claim the promises of protection. And remember how the story ends. So six simple points to say, okay, here's where to put the story. Here's how to put it in context. And here's how to take my fear and build upon the fear and create courage. How do we do it? It's not because we're so strong and we're so powerful and we're so great. No, it's because we have the greatness of the creator of the universe who is willing to grant us protection through Christ through the holy word of God so that we can stand against these evil things and we can resist through faith not our own strength but through faith remember that God has this all in hand darkness exists evil can prevail for a time but not forever be aware of it know it and get away from it. For Jonathan and Rick, it's Christian Questions. We hope you've enjoyed being with us this morning. We'll be back again next week with another subject. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. How about uh, checking us out on Twitter? And you can leave me an email at rick at christianquestions.net. But until next week, are demons influencing your life? We'll be back. Think about it.